Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz What's up, everybody? This is the Super Bowl post-game show on AfterBuzz TV. We have an exciting episode for you. The Chiefs are officially the national champions. It's exciting. I mean, what a game. I mean, just insane. I mean, the way it played out, it was one of those games where you just didn't know which way it was going to go to. Absolutely. But before we get into everything, I want to introduce my amazing panel, but first, I'll go to myself. I am Shayna Calandro, also known as Shay Live on the internet. And, um, and I work at Fox Sports. I'm an avid sports fan. Um, I mean, I've been playing sports my whole life. Uh, but to the left of me, I have the amazing Nate Harris, who's actually a former D1 football uh, player, athlete at the University of Montana. That is me. Hello. Actually played against Carson Wentz back in his day. That I did. <laughs> and Kendrick Bourne, who played in the Super Bowl today. List, so. list all the players off. List all the players off. Is it too many to say? <sighs> too many to say, honestly. <laughs> but it's, it's a blessing to be able to see things like that. And it yes. kind of makes me mad. It's like, why am I not there? <laughs> <laughs> but you're here talking about it. So that is what's important, right? And then also to his left is Joshua Alonzo. After TV... Uh, Afterbus TV producer, combat sports enthusiast, and a Patriots super fan, unfortunately. Well, I mean, I was a little bummed, but hey, I had to root for the home state, right? I yep. had to go for the 49ers plus. Brady grew up a 49ers fan, so I guess a little bit of correlation right there. So, <laughs> Right. Well, we'll be talking about everything that happened tonight at the Super Bowl, like from the narratives to just everything, the overall thoughts, the halftime show, all the great commercials, what we missed from this year's Super Bowl. We have a lot in store for you guys, and we're going to end with some predictions. So don't go anywhere for the next hour about. <laughs> First, I want to get you guys overall thoughts. What did you think about this game? I thought it was an amazing game. You know, um, I was kind of you know, we look for those big plays in Super Bowls, and we look for those times where we need those exciting plays. And I feel like there weren't that many of them. There weren't that many explosive, okay. and big, exciting plays, but it was a back-and-forth game. You know, I was watching, and throughout the game, you know, you have those feelings of, like, this team is going to win, or that's it's over with. And it kept going back and forth, and I never knew who was going to win. I mean, I thought that when... Jimmy G threw that first interception that that might have been it because of <laughs> how high-powered Kansas City's offense was. So um, it was definitely an interesting Super Bowl and is a Super Bowl that I'm actually satisfied with and happy about. Yeah, it definitely kept you like guessing on your toes because you weren't really sure who was going to win. Mm -hmm. I mean, ultimately... Uh, the question is, how was uh, San Francisco's defense going to step up to uh, Kansas City's offense? And mm -hmm. it was kind of like a back and forth. best way I can describe it is more or less like a heavyweight boxing fight. It was just like blow for blow, just haymaker straights and everything like that. It was just amazing. It kept me on my toes. And it, that's I think that's what the aspect of the Super Bowl is. It keeps you on your toes and it keeps you like glued to your seat. Yes, because I think a lot of people knew it was kind of going to be a high-scoring game. For me, I, I just love that it was fast-paced, high-energy. It was exciting the entire time. I know we were all watching it together, and it was like, oh my gosh, is this the turning point? Are they gonna? Are they gonna <laughs> explode? Are they gonna do this? Are they gonna do that? Um, I was very excited 
that uh, Patrick Mahomes came through. You know, I was I was rooting for the Chiefs. I am not a Chiefs fan, but I was going for Patrick Mahomes. I, I just really wanted them to get redemption from last year. Right. Uh, I think he deserves it. I think it's also a point to point out the narrative of him being the youngest quarterback to win a Super Bowl MVP, and also being the first quarterback to get MVP of regular season and make a Super Bowl appearance in his first three seasons. So. I mean, it's insane. I mean, from literally not starting his first season, then getting the keys to the car, as they could say, his first season, and just absolutely destroying the record books in his first year, and now becoming a Super Bowl MVP at the age of 24? Insane. It's just amazing. Yeah, like, he literally has taken the league by storm. A quarterback that comes out of Texas Tech, you know, who (laughs) would have ever imagined? Um, He was drafted, I think, 10th overall, and think about all those other teams who pass on Patrick Mahomes. What are they thinking right now? Because it wasn't like he had a fluke season last year. Mm -hmm. Typically, when they have those amazing rookie seasons and Mm -hmm. no one knows you, you come back and... You kind of don't have the same season. He came back. He got hurt. He battled adversity. He came back, and he's won the Super Bowl now. Like, he literally, um, he's, he's a special talent. He's he on top of the world right now. I can only imagine <laughs> the feeling that the Chiefs have. But I do want to get into a couple other narratives as mm-hmm. far as, first, sticking with Patrick Mahomes. He's, I, I'm dubbing him the comeback king in the postseason. Oh, yeah, definitely. Every single game they were down, double-digit points. And ended up coming back for a win. I mean, how does it, as former football player, as a, a Patriots <laughs> enthusiast, where he, you know, Jimmy G came from the Patriots, so you guys thought he might he and, might take this one. And Brady's a comeback king. We all know that. Right. Yeah. And um, I think now it's Patrick Mahomes. So what do you guys think about that? I think that, obviously, that's something that we should focus on. And he does come back a lot. But I just think it's really impressive. I don't think he's really a comeback king yet. He needs more for mm-hmm. that. Okay, But it's really impressive that when he is behind, he stays very, very calm. And coming from a, such a young quarterback and being able to stay that calm and trust the office and trust the process and not force things, um, it's really impressive coming from a guy who's that young playing quarterback in the NFL. I mean, you just have to like give big ups to the, like, the resilience of this team. Like, being down... 10 or more points in three different games mm-hmm. and then yeah. coming back to win it in the fashion that they do is just insane. I mean, we think back to the Texans game. They were down 24 nothing, and then they <laughs> came back to absolutely destroy them. It's just insane. So they're definitely battle-tested in a sense where they know what it feels like to be down. And the pressure for them is just like, okay, let's just get it going. Let's keep grinding, and then eventually we'll get the win. And it shows it right here. Absolutely. And if you can't say comeback king just yet, maybe clutch king. I'll give you a different word. <laughs> you can say he, clutch he's king. He's a king too. of something. I mean, he's a king of the NFL right That's now. True. I mean, That's he's true. He's an ultimate king. But I just, uh, I love him. And I think that with the offense that he has, too, like they know what they have. So they know that they can score fast. So mm-hmm. it's easy to not get into that panic mode. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we all knew going into this game that the 49ers defense was. Not even comparable to Chiefs' defense, uh, but the Chiefs had somewhat of a better offense mm-hmm. uh, going into the game. Do you think that uh, just thoughts on past Super Bowls where it's like defense kind of wins uh, the games, that this wasn't going to pan out for the Chiefs? Did you have any doubts as far as that one? I know, uh, Nate, you were you were rooting for the Chiefs in the beginning. Did you have any doubts throughout the game? Well, 
all week I have, and especially being an athlete, the age-old saying is defense wins championships. Absolutely. And I've always, like this whole week, I've been a Patrick Mahomes fan. This guy is taking over the league. He's winning the Super Bowl. There's nothing that's going to stop him. But I couldn't commit because defense wins championships. <laughs> and it wasn't like the San Francisco has like an amazing defense or a historic defense, but they had those four rushers who go get the quarterback. And I, go ahead. It's just insane. I mean, Nick Bosa, they have D Ford, and then they have Sherman in the background, and they mm-hmm. also have Ward in the back, too. I mean, this defense does have some credible names, but is it like Starly? I wouldn't necessarily say so. But with the trajectory that this team is going to, it's still a young team, relatively young team. So I definitely do think that there's some time to be like build upon those key pieces, especially definitely. with Bosa and Ford. Mm-hmm. And, you know, who knows where it could go from here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, another narrative that was happening during this game was Sherman Hill or Sherman um, against Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. Were you guys shocked at all about how... I mean, good Tyreek Hill was against Sherman or how Sherman defensively was against Tyreek Hill? I mean, I'll say this. Since uh, Richard Sherman's uh, surgery, he's kind of lost his step in speed. I mean, obviously when he was in with the Seahawks, he was one of the best, like, shutdown corners in the league. And then once he got hurt and then once he got, like, let go by the Seahawks and went to the 49ers, it was one of those things where it's just like, this is someone that's a veteran presence and is really good, but he did lose a step in speed. But when he was matched up with Hill, he was doing a good job for the most part, but then would get beat in some coverages and everything. And then eventually, um, Mosley being switched off to go against Hill, they had their back and forth, and it showed to be a good showdown right there. But ultimately, we all know what happened there. <laughs> he didn't do enough. And I'm a Sherman fan. I love Sherman, but he didn't do enough. He didn't. Sherman plays a very, very soft cover three shell of a coverage where he just stays on top of everything. Even like early in the game, Tyreek ran like a stop and Sherman is like getting out of there fast so he was really scared of his speed I think that he just didn't do enough you know at the end of the day like you need an interception you need to get that hand on the ball the key to this game is turning the ball over so even back when he was playing in the Seahawks days Mm -hmm. like they were turning the ball over getting interceptions Mm -hmm. it's not enough to just be around him it's not enough to just cover him or do well like you have to turn the ball over do you think at that point he should have pressed him more against the line right there well no, he should have got his butt back. I mean, I think, <laughs> I think overall, like, I think overall, San Francisco actually played a great game defensively. You yeah. know, like, let's send these four guys, let's keep everything in front of us, and that's what kind of made Patrick Mahomes look kind of shaky throughout the game. Mm-hmm. You know, he a lot of teams like to blitz Patrick Mahomes and try to get mm-hmm. to him, and he'll kind of get away from the blitz, and now you have four DBs covering four receivers, and they get to run everywhere. So they kept everyone, everything in front of them. They, they played that really, really well, but... Um, you have to turn the ball over. You have to get more picks. And Sherman just, he's been talking too much, and I just am not inside right now. Very true. I'm not happy with him. I will say, off piggybacking off of talking too much, I think the Chiefs probably talked too much during the, this Miami week before Super Bowl, but it ended up, they ended up backing it with this win, and I know that they are probably ecstatic mm-hmm. right now. I can't even imagine what the locker room looks like in just their, their post-game parties. But... Another thing is like what people were wearing, right? I mean, we can't we can't go a whole show without saying like what cleats or anything like that. And I think Williams cleats, we all noticed during the game, he was wearing like some ones that were cleats, which was an Crazy. I mean, when you have Jordan Air 1's retro, that's confidence <laughs> right there. That's just like, I'm a superstar athlete. I'm going to get this. I'm going to get the win. And, I mean, it speaks volumes. I mean, 
it definitely stuck out in comparison to like the other cleats. I mean, they're all Nike. We know that. Right. But then when we see that iconic just red, black, and white just retro look, it's just pretty amazing, I thought. I thought his performance also uh, not maybe not had something to do with the cleats, obviously, but the fact that he had the, the Jordan 1 cleats on and then had this outstanding performance mm-hmm. for me was almost like iconic for Williams. I was like, oh, this is this is amazing. This is something I'll never forget. Yeah, I'm actually surprised that a lot of athletes don't do this more often. Or not necessarily Jordans, but any, any cleats. Like, yeah. you're playing in the True. Super Bowl. Like, you can do anything with your shoes. I mean, and they have limitations, but I mean, I'm surprised we don't see this more often. I had a friend in college who actually wore Retro's 11s every single practice, and they were the most amazing cleats. They're heavy, <laughs> not fun to play in, but um, they were actually amazing. I'm surprised more guys don't do that. I'm going to be honest. One thing, I know we're going to talk predictions later in the show, but something that I thought was missing, um, just because we're talking about Jordans, um, I thought that there would be a little bit more of a tribute to Kobe Bryant. Right. I know like a lot of, um, not just basketball, tennis, like a whole bunch of different sports all week have been paying tribute to Kobe Bryant. I think that was something that was missing from the Super Bowl, especially even just, you know, an A, a 24, a 2, like on a cleat or anything like just that. Just like a simple nod or something. Yeah, I thought yeah. I thought that was kind of missing. Um, that might be the basketball fan in me, just the Kobe fan in me, but mm. no. I, I thought it was definitely something that was um, surprising. I didn't think of it. Oh, we look like we have something up there. I think someone did wear something. Oh, yeah, there you go. Okay. But as a whole, I though, I agree with you, and I didn't notice that, but did they do any type of tribute? The Super Bowl, the NFL, did they do anything today? If they did, it wasn't good. It even, wasn't even with these cleats. Like, we saw Williams' cleats almost every time he mm-hmm. had the ball. Yeah. I didn't see And they those were zooming in on them, too. At all. And I might have, maybe I maybe I glanced away for a second and they showed them once, but, like, I just I just don't feel like it was enough. Yeah, they didn't Real do quick, enough. This is Ryan in the booth. What's up, Ryan? a moment of silence at the top of the game for Kobe and all the They uh, They might have done a moment of silence at the top of the game. I know that... Uh, you know, not being there is is one thing, and we also might have maybe I missed the top of the game. I don't. I I was there for Yolanda Adams and Demi Lovato. Maybe <laughs> it happened before that. Um, I just I just don't think it was enough. Okay. Yeah, but um, other performances that happened. I'm gonna kind of segue a little bit. Uh, the halftime performance that everybody was waiting for. Uh, J Lo and Shakira. It was kind of like a Latina. Um, Miami vibe the entire time and I thought it was amazing. I loved it. I thought it was absolutely everything that they needed to do. Uh, what did you guys think of the halftime performance? I mean, way to give that Latin zest in Miami. <laughs> I mean, just amazing. I mean, obviously Shakira kicking off the whole performance with She-Wolf and the one thing that I marked off with that little bit of breakdown from She-Wolf to the next song was a little bit of Led Zeppelin in there. I'm just like, was that Zeppelin? And then I automatically recognized it was like the riff from uh, Cashmere by Led Zeppelin. I'm just like, oh my goodness, how cool is that? Just like having that little just like break in between songs and just to give like a little nod to just like yes. previous uh, rock stars in the past. I thought it was really cool. What was your favorite part of the halftime? <sighs> my favorite part was, of course, when she got an extra ripple. <laughs> <laughs> a little ode to her Hustlers me- uh, movie. Yes, I. Um, but not even just that though. When she was on top of the stripper pole, okay, and they had she had all these people on the stage, and they were, like did like a graphic from above, mm-hmm. and it was like they were crawling inside of the stage. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but it was just so cool to me. I was like, those graphics were amazing. I think J Lo did amazing. I think Shakira did amazing. Um, I'm just, I'm just always in awe how fast they set up that stage. Like, how do they do that so fast, take it down so fast, and then how does 
J-Lo changed in the middle of her set. So until I figure that stuff out, this halftime shows are always just That's like, okay. the beauty of show business. I'm like, just I, like, I, can, like, I can give that, you the that. key of the, the, the outfit changes. It was underneath whatever she had on. Oh. <laughs> so I was just taking it off. But I think that um, it was definitely something that needs to happen more as mm-hmm. far as wherever they have the Super Bowl, kind of paying tribute to that area. Mm-hmm. I know it's going to be in Tampa again next year. We'll talk about that a little bit down the line. But And one more thing, because I yeah. know Ryan's a big Spru- uh, Bruce Springsteen fan. When they were at Children's Cry, we're out there. Little bit of slight cover for uh, Bruce Springsteen as well. I don't know if you heard of that, Ryan, if you were being, if you were able to watch that. You didn't. But it's pretty awesome. Just that little nod to Bruce Springsteen. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that absolutely is cool. I think um, just the observations of being a music fan, especially um, the couple of things that you just brought up as far as like paying tribute or ode to other people is always cool. Uh, but I was, well, as I was watching this, I was like, this might be one of the best performances of halftime that I've seen. What would be your top three Super Bowl performances, if you had to say? Ooh, I'll let Nate go first. Um, Beyonce. Absolutely. The recent one, but also Destiny, when she was with Destiny Child back oh, of in course. the day in 2007. Mm-hmm. So you got to add both of those. Um, this one was great. I also really liked the Missy Elliott and... Um, What's my my girl's name? I love her to death. Um, oh, her name's on Tim Mattel. Katy Perry. Katy Perry. Okay. 2015. That I love that one. And Hashtag left sharks. Yeah. <laughs> and then of course I was at the Super Bowl when Janet Jackson got her boob ripped out. So okay, I Whoa. love that one too. Her, her and Justin Timberlake. So those are my favorite. Yeah, definitely. Nice. I definitely going back from like uh, number three to number one. Definitely num- number three would be Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. Those are just a phenomenal performance yes. in that. And then number two would definitely be Beyonce's performance, including with Destiny's Child as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a great throwback performance was that, and just just a spectacular from that as well. And then my number one would be uh, Super Bowl. I forget the number, but 2006 when Prince performed. Okay. Like I think that was 2007. I think it was maybe 2006, maybe 2007. Okay. Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, chat. <laughs> Much appreciated, Prince but phenomenal. Prince. I mean, you can't go wrong with Prince. That's just amazing. His just, just the rain, and when he started performing Purple Rain, and just it's just <laughs> such a weirdly just awesome visual spectacle. I mean, yes. how you can't time that perfectly than that. So. The production's always really great too. I think um, when when doing a Super Bowl show, you have to have the production. I'll give you guys mine. My top absolute of all time is Beyonce, the latest one with Bruno Mars. I think just everything about it was amazing. And I will add in the Destiny's Child one as well. <laughs> uh, number two, I'm going to go J-Lo and Shakira. I think they did really well. I like I like the cultural performances. Mm-hmm. Like when they pay tribute to, you know, just the area, the culture. I love that. Um, and then third, I'm going to go, I was just a baby, but I've seen it, uh, Michael Jackson. Of course. Back, I think it might have been 97. Or, or no, maybe 93. 93. 93, yeah. So I was a whopping one years old, but I've, I've seen it, and I thought it was amazing. And then my honorable mention would be Prince, for sure. But what do we think of uh, Jay Balvin's cameo within the whole performances? Loved it. I think it was awesome. And then funny thing enough, uh, for all our fans and everything, go check out After Buzz's uh, Instagram page. Nice little comparison to Jay Balvin and uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's <laughs> character, Ali G, from the Ali G show. I was just laughing hysterically uh, when we were watching it because it's just phenomenal. It's just do-rag on do-rag and just style similarly. I just started laughing hysterically. Yes, for sure. And actually, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. Sorry, After Buzz fam, um, but you'll, you'll like what I'm getting at. 
So I forgot to mention the bad calls or the quote unquote Ooh. bad calls from the game. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go back because okay, we went we we, we talked about it. We did the halftime <laughs> show. We're gonna go back to second quarter, right? Um, <laughs> second quarter. <laughs> second half. Second half. Second half. So. The bad calls. We had Williams stepping on the line, maybe not getting the ball over into the end zone, right? Mm-hmm. And then we also had 49ers with um, delay of game that wasn't called. What do you guys think of both calls? Did Do you think it was good that they didn't call it? Do you think they should have called it? What are your thoughts? <sighs> those things are just really, really hard. When it comes to those play calls and when it comes to these refs and, and who won the the refs don't win the game, and games don't yeah. come down to one calls. Um, I do agree when it comes to touchdowns, they should be reviewed more. Like, but it is what it is, you know. Like, I don't think that he scored that touchdown, but it was close enough, and they called the play on the field. They made the decision, and but the only thing that really was shocking to me, I don't know why they didn't have the sideline camera. That like they have a camera that goes directly down the line. Mm-hmm. They didn't have that, or they didn't show that. So that's when I start thinking there's conspiracy. I mean, it's definitely one of those hard things because you you see his toe step out of bounds, but then you're trying to dictate on where exactly the tip of the ball broke yeah. the line. Correct. And it's just one of the things where if you don't have enough sufficient evidence to overturn it, you still got to keep it. And whether or not do I think he stepped out of bounds, that's a really tough call. I mean, I feel the refs always have that constant pressure of just always trying to make the right call. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. when it's just like a, I wouldn't necessarily call this a controversial play, but it's just one of those plays where it's just like, you might have to take a double look just in case. Is it good or not? Yeah. So. And football's a game of inches. So literally, for you to score a touchdown, the millimeter of the front part of the ball has to touch the front part of the white of the end zone. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you can't, like, that's so hard to even be able to view that, you yeah. know? And so at that point, it's like, it is what it is. Make your decision, make your call, and then keep going. Yeah, I will say I think it was kind of, um, I'll make two points. So with the first call about whether it was out of bounds or not, and then the next uh, time the 49ers had the ball, it was like they kind of gave them the delay of game. It was kind of like, okay, I'm just kind of throwing in like, now we're even. Fourth and ten. even if it's not even that, I would say like an analogy for me was kind of like in baseball, like the tie goes to the runner. Mm. So, I mean, it was too close to call the so the tie goes, to, you can't change the call. Um, so for anybody who's, you know, kind of leaning on, oh, they, you know, they the refs messed up the game or the Chiefs didn't deserve the win, like, mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah, and one more thing. And for the people out there who are, are, the thing about it is when the refs make the call, okay, when you make, when they say touchdown or they say no touchdown, mm-hmm. that's the call on the field. Now, when they go to the booth and they see what's going on, they have to have like undisputable evidence to overturn the call. So it's like if you're in court, like to be proven guilty, like beyond reasonable doubt. Yeah. And so if you don't have that, you can't overturn it. So the refs could be looking and say, oh, I don't think that he scored. But unless they can confidently beyond reasonable doubt prove that, then they cannot overturn that call. So like that's important. And so that's why when people fumble and they pick it up and they run and they blow the whistle, like that messes things up because now you can review and you can't change it now. But if you just let the play or you – then they can change it. Then they can make you know adjustments after the fact. So, yes, it is. Absolutely. And another thing I want to touch on before we move on to the amazing commercials that we saw throughout the Super Bowl game. Of course. Um, Katie Sowers is the first woman and first openly gay uh, person to be coaching in the NFL. Just amazing. I mean, just you can't think of a better story than that. I mean, the way that. Sh- this is just opening up so many doors and so many opportunities for potential coaches in the NFL, whether it be 
uh, male, female, gay, straight, whatever have you. This is just one of those just momentous things in history, not just in sports history, but just in history overall. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was given, I believe, if she started off as an intern for the Falcons, once that internship ended, she went over and started to become a coach for the 49ers. So, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's just doors upon doors that could just open from this possibility. I mean, Katie Cyrus could just be like an awesome pioneer for this part right here. Absolutely. Yeah, I love it. Um, I'm a real big, I love women empowerment. I love like the forward progression of women. And so this is something that is next level. She's opening so many doors. Um, but I think it's important because a lot of great coaches weren't great football players. Or a lot of great coaches that weren't great fact. athletes. And so um, the fact that a woman can't bring that same level of knowledge to the field is just crazy. But with that being said, there's also other components of coaching instead of just the knowledge-based things mm-hmm. like motivating people mm-hmm. to actually get the job done, putting the belief in a player so a player can actually believe in themselves. And so from that perspective, I don't know her on that level, but it's going to still be a while, I believe, for a lot of men to have that respect for women as a coach. And it's more so just from that perspective of, them and their ego and being an NFL star and it's like I'm listening to a woman I've been playing this game my whole life you've never played it I think that it's going to take some more time and it's because some more women need to come and when they do then we'll see we'll see a woman head coach one day my only rebuttal there is just like a lot of coaches uh Many of them didn't even play. So it, it, you can't really say, like, oh, I don't know that they would have the respect for a woman because they've never, you know, just because they have the knowledge, they don't have the experience or anything like that. It's kind of like, who are you as a person and can you motivate me and can you coach me and can you call the right plays? Mm-hmm. Opposed to being like, you know, you don't have the experience to kind of. It's kind of like when you're a sports reporter and people say that the reporters are better when they've played before, but there are people who have studied the game and who have done different things that give a different perspective. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it just depends on the perspective that they're giving you, I think. No, I completely agree. I'm just saying saying from the ego of a football player. Right. You know, NFL star, like, Mm -hmm. who has millions of dollars. Some of these guys don't respect their male coaches. You know, like, I know right. guys who, they come into meetings late, the coach tells them to shut up, he says, no, you shut up, the meetings start, like, th- that's just how a lot of these NFL stars mm-hmm. are. And that. so, I'm just saying, from a woman, I know it's going to be harder for her. Definitely going to be harder. Yeah, it's, and, and I just, I, that's going to take more time. Yeah, I think that uh, Katie Sowers is definitely pioneering mm-hmm. and definitely doing an amazing thing over with the 49ers, and I think that it should grow. They have a lot um, a lot more women in, in the NBA now, um, right. coaching and helping assist and things like that. I think it's definitely going to uh, progress and improve over the years. If I can add one thing, yeah. what is the likelihood of maybe potentially seeing a female player in the NFL? Do you think that could ever happen? Mm. I think it could. I mean, I I've, I grew up playing football against some amazing, amazing women. I mean, I think that there's some women kickers out there. You mm-hmm. know, I have a friend who trains a lot of women kickers, so I can see it. Do you only see them as kickers? No, I'm just saying. Okay, that, just ask. That's just what be I would be open to any uh, potential position. I mean, I remember my personal experience is uh, when I was in high school, we had a we had a girl that was on a team. I believe she was a sophomore or a junior. I don't really remember that fact. But she played linebacker, and she was amazing. Mm-hmm. She was just, like, stuffing guys against the line. I mean, the one memorable play, if I remember correctly, I forget the name of the school, but she was going on a blitz play. The opposing quarterback handed it off to the running back, and then right when the running back was going through the hole, out of nowhere, it's just a 
collision. It was just like, oh my goodness. You can hear everyone on the sideline and on the bleachers go, ooh, because it was such a massive hit. So yeah. I do personally believe that we will see eventually uh, women in the NFL playing. And I have a friend. Okay. Her name is Trackbaby002. Oh, you guys have to go follow this girl, okay? This girl is literally a football player. She Her footwork and the drills that she does, she just signed like a multi-million deal with some like new women's football league that's coming out. Okay. And literally the workouts that she does, the footwork that she has, how she moves is better than half of the guys I've ever played football with. Short story for me. I work at Fox Sports, and recently, before the passing of Boy Bryant, he said that there would be women that are able to play in the NBA right now. Mm-hmm. So it was a conversation at work, whereas, like, you know, we have former uh, former D1 players, for WNBA players, basically just saying, even, like, Elisa Leslie, who was a superstar, saying, like, I don't know that we'd be able to compete with the, you know, LeBrons and the ADs and the those caliber of players. So, like, I don't know that... Or maybe it may be one, maybe two in a million mm-hmm. that can really kind of go toe to toe with, with the the mass and the uh, just agility, I guess, of a, a, an everyday football player. Yeah, well, you know what I mean, like just mm-hmm. the strength. Yeah, I think I think we'll see it in the NBA first because of the, the, the physicality of it. I'm just saying, as far as the fo- the football conversation, yeah. I don't know that like it's we're unclear if it's even going to happen in the NBA. I don't yeah. know that it would happen in the NFL. Right? No, it's going to be a long time. Yeah. For right. sure. But before we get out of here, I do want to talk about the commercials. Uh, it was a lot of good ones this year. Um, I do want to just point out that 30 seconds worth of commercials was like $5 million this year. 5.6 to be 5. exact. 5.6 And in exact. comparison, little fun fact, uh, I'll make it a little game out of this. How much do you think a Super Bowl commercial back in 1967 was, was worth? 500000 I'm looking at the answer right now. Well, the, <laughs> <laughs> well, the the answer is thirty-seven thousand five hundred in nineteen sixty-seven. Wow, thirty-seven! So, insane. I mean, we can see that the impact of commercials at the Super Bowl has played a major thing in not only just in football but in pop culture. Absolutely. So it's just insane. And then for the fact that that much, unbelievable. <laughs> well, I want to get you guys favorite commercials. Give me like one or two. Mine. Um, was obviously with DJ Khaled and J Lo, and that was a really good one. Uh, she's chasing him around the whole entire Vegas, and I love that one. And um, I also love the Olay one where yes. with Taraji P Henson and they talk the girls, and there's more space, and there's more space. And I think they were alluding to a lot of like how women are breaking down a lot of doors and creating more spaces in all these different avenues. Yeah, coaching. In Hollywood, everywhere, yeah. and so I, I really like that one. It kind of got my attention. Is it hashtag more space for women? Mm-hmm. I think they said to like hashtag on Twitter, and it gave a dollar to something or other. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some of my favorites. I have a few because some of them were actually pretty good in my part. Um, starting off with the first one, Brian Cranston as Jack Nicholson in The Shining, so and good. Uh, Tracy Ellis Ross as well. I'm just like, oh my goodness, how funny is that? It was. It's just. I like the tagline as well, as good as the original. And we're always thinking that, can something be as good as the original? And yep. I don't know. I've never really drank Mountain Dew, so I can't really credit to that. But it did just think like make me think in my mind, just like, if there's a shiny reboot, I think Brian Cranston would be amazing in it. So. <laughs> he did good in the commercial, for sure. And I feel like Tracy Ellis Ross can't do anything wrong. Oh, no, of course not. <laughs> and then I another great one would be uh, the... Uh, the Coke energy drink one. That would be a pretty good one, too, with uh, Martin Scorsese throwing a really lavish party in New York City mm-hmm. and then asking Jonah Hill if he was going to show up. But then the tension of just, like, is Jonah Hill going to flake or not? I thought that was pretty funny. 
And then uh, another one would be uh, Sam Elliott and uh, Little Nas X. That was the Dorito really show off. That was just hilarious. Another person who I feel like can't do any wrong is Little Nas X. Oh, no. He can't. <laughs> he does everything great. Uh, for me, I want to say the entry to the game with the NFL 100 commercial was so good. Um, with the little kids running on the field. I loved that. And then the bloopers that kind of popped up after that with Jalen Ramsey. I was like, oh, these are cute. I like <laughs> these. Um, so that's probably my favorite commercial. And then my other favorite, I did like the Mountain Dew one. And I don't even drink soda. But I was like, oh, I might try this original Mountain Dew. <laughs> but um, my other one was, what was it? Was Oh, it wasn't a favorite, but it was something a notable one. LeBron James in the Hummer commercial. <laughs> Who drives Hummers? One <laughs> and two. Like why? Why is LeBron James like sponsoring Hummer? It's the comeback we're not expecting. I mean, Hummer twenty twenty. Am I right? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but another notable one was Tom Brady. Oh, uh, his commercial with Hulu, and then him basically saying he's not retiring. It's just one of those cryptic things. Like me as a New England Patriots fan, I'm just like, is he going to retire? Like, what's going to be the big announcement at the Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. Ends up being a Hulu commercial. I'm just like. And he had everyone worried all week long. All exactly. Week, all week long of Instagram posts. And then it was a Hulu commercial. And I'm like, it wasn't even anything big. It's just one of those just wah, wah, wah moments. I'm yes. just like, wow. Okay. Yeah. Oh, um, and uh, one other thing, too. Since today is Groundhog's Day, Bill Murray in the commercial for Jeep and reliving the whole Groundhog scenario from his movie. I mean, mm-hmm. we have uh, cool little cameos from Steven Sobolowski and Brian Dole Moore, Murray. I thought it was really fun, and just him, just just uh, Bill Murray taking the little groundhog just around and just showing him a great time. I thought that was really funny. Yes, mm-hmm. the only la- the last thing I want to say about the commercials is I think this year there was a lot more emotional commercials oh, where you definitely. had to like think and kind of tear jerky. Um, they had the the Josh Jacobs uh, commercial where he's kind of talking to his younger self about being homeless but making it to the NFL. Then there was um, Antoine. Bolden, Antoine Bolden, Anquan Bolden, Anquan Bolden uh, with his his cousin mm-hmm. got shot and killed by an, uh, an officer who wasn't even in um, like police mm-hmm. attire. Uh, there was a bunch, mm-hmm. and it was just the, the 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 ode to the firefighters and the doctors, and I was just like, "There's so many." I'm like, yeah. now I'm crying. Yeah, <laughs> like, now I'm crying at Super Bowl, and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I also liked the Alexa commercial with Ellen. That one was great because oh, yeah, that one's pretty. Funny. I always think like I will never get an Alexa because I feel like we're getting too lazy. Like I don't need to tell Alexa <laughs> to turn my you know. So, but I liked how it kind of showed that. Like, well, what did they do back in the day when before Alexa? And it was like. The interpretations of the different names, I just thought it was hilarious. You yeah. have Alexa, Lexi, Al, uh-huh. Alex, and it's just, it kept ranging from history to time point in different parts, but it was funny. Yes. But before we get out of here again, um, predictions for next year. One, who do you think should be in the halftime performance down in Tampa, Florida? Okay. And secondly, who do you think, which teams would be there? I know for sure. I don't know for sure. This is a bold prediction. Okay. And I, I think it's going to be a little different this next year. I think that because of this new deal with Jay-Z and the NFL, it's going to be like a Rock Nation concert. And mm-hmm. he's going to have a bunch of Rock Nation, and probably more, rappers. I think that it's going to be a big, big, big rapper, but a lot of Rock Nation, McMill, like all those guys are going to be there. And they're going to be performing. But it's not going to be one headliner. I think it's going to be a Rock Nation as a headliner. Okay. Very good. Okay. I mean, this is... 
I'm a big rock and metal punk rock fan. And so having someone like that type of intensity and everything for a game like football, which is super intense as well in the physical nature and just like, of course, just that culture behind it, I would like to see Metallica actually be the halftime show. That would be a really great one. I mean, I feel like they're a big enough band, both in their perspective, just like stylistic fan base, and then, of course, in the mainstream. And I think that would be a really good just Mm -hmm. halftime performance. Nice. I think because it's in Florida for another year in a row, um, since they didn't give it to DJ Khaled this year in Miami, they should give it to him next year because it'll be DJ Khaled with this over-the-top production of a a show, and he'll bring out everybody. And kind of piggybacking off of maybe Rock Nation artists or or whoever. Or it could be because Ariana Grande is from Florida. Very true. People love Ariana Grande. Um, so one of those, like it's going to be super hip hop or, or just an every, an everyday Super Bowl right. show. <laughs> what is the possibility that you guys think of maybe like, uh, Pitbull or Flo Rida being a part of those performances? Oh yeah. Pitbull would be good. Pitbull. I love you some Pitbull. I mean, do you think, uh, since it was in Miami, Mr. 305, do you think Pitbull should have been a part of this yes, year's Yes, I definitely show? thought they were bringing Pitbull out. That was something that was missing. You think, sure. you think it was a little bit of a swerve with J Balvin being in it? Or do you think J Love Balvin? J Balvin. Getting, okay. Well, what about if there were two? They should have brought Pitbull out, regardless of the J Balvin. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, they should have. So what teams? Before we get out of here, we got a couple of seconds. Which teams are going to be in the Super Bowl next year? I don't know what teams are going to be there, but Patrick Mahomes is winning a Super Bowl 2021. Oh. Oh, okay. That's my bold yeah, the- prediction. Actually, I'm, I so lied to everyone right now. <laughs> I lied to all of you guys. <laughs> I'm so lying. Lamar Jackson is winning the Super Bowl next year. That's more of what I like to hear. That was actually, let me hear, let me hear That's actually got. one of my picks. I'm actually going Ravens, and I, you know what? I got to go Eagles. Ravens, Eagles. We got to get the Battle of the Birds going on. Okay. I'm going to go Ravens, Saints. I love the Saints. I think I they've gotten the gypped the last couple of years. I think this year, like... Whatever curse they've got on them has to go away. It's 2020, you know. It's, yeah. it's, it's This is the year of things happening. So I, I'm rooting for the Saints getting there, but I, I want Lamar Jackson to win mm-hmm. uh, MVP this year. I love that guy. I mean, he's just kind of setting apart from everybody else and creating a new. He's the new Mike Vick, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but, you got something to say? I'm like, you I mean, before I get out of here. Just a big old props to Andy Reid. His first Super Bowl win. Oh, How awesome is that? I mean, with so many times having that opportunity when he was a part of the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, starting back from 99 until it was released in 2012. So many times going to the championship game, the playoffs, and then reaching that play, uh, Super Bowl berth in 2004 against the Patriots, coming up a little bit short from that. And then having, I wouldn't necessarily say a redemption, but then having to start fresh and then just creating a team from the ground up. A franchise that was more or less on the verge of either being just one of those teams that never make it to the Super Bowl or just become a really great team now. And then obviously with the weapons that they have with uh, Tyree Kill, um, Patrick Mahomes, Sammy Watkins, and of course they're, and all Everybody. the stars on defense. I mean, this is going to be... I, I'm going to give a bold prediction. This might be the next great dynasty that we're going to see right now. Love that. Well... I hope you guys enjoyed this post-game Super Bowl show here at AfterBuzz TV. I'm your girl, Shayna. I've got Josh, and I've got Nate to the side of me. We had an amazing time. Thank you guys for joining me. And before we go, I'd just like to give a shout-out from the chat. Uh, we have Micah Baby Green, my apologies on that. Uh, Star Drew, we have Riri Navy. We got Racist <laughs> Fan Rock KKS4. That's a mouthful. Mo Giants, and Tanae Cavett, Derek Kennedy, and Lizzie. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. We love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time.
Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 